All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's game day here in Vancouver. Welcome to Canucks Conversation for Thursday, February 29th. I'm Rafon Gafar, joined alongside by Harmon Dial. Canucks Conversation is brought to you by the all-new 2023 Toyota BZ4X. The BZ4X is Toyota's brand-new all-electric SUV that is designed to go the distance for you and your family. Now, the BZ4X is packed with Toyota's coolest tech, and it still has that trusty SUV feel you know and love. And even though it's electric, it's capable of effortlessly conquering any terrain, whether it's rain, snow, mud, or your friend's questionable post-game recaps. The BZ4X will get you through anything. We are coming to you from the iconic Wall Center in downtown Vancouver. Looking for your next meeting space? Contact the Wall Center for all your event needs at sales at wallcenter.com. Harm, a busy, interesting week it has been in Canucks land. All the talk about Elias Pettersson, the contract, the negotiation, what is happening. Frank Cervalli was on with us on Wednesday and then reported that they were talking about possibly an extension, and it could be coming in the coming days. Here's what Frank Saravalli had to say today to further that. Development, which I reported on Wednesday, is the Canucks and Pedersen's camp have made significant progress on what is believed to be an eight-year deal. I, I don't want to speculate on the total dollars just yet. I think it's fair to say certainly approaching $100 million total. Um, but it's this is absolutely massive for the Canucks cannot say um, more as to what this means to this team and 
to be able to get something like that done if they can get it across the finish line in the next couple of days would give them potentially six, seven days before the deadline to really lock in their numbers and have a great idea of what their cap picture looks like moving forward that they could potentially even add someone with term when it comes to the deadline. Well, that's the latest from Frank Saravalli. I do know that the Canucks and the Pedersen camp have been talking, which is a very good sign. Uh, the Canucks are hoping to get this done sooner than later, Harm, and they're hoping to keep the AAV under $12 million. Which makes sense, yeah. right? If that's what Vancouver's trying to do, obviously Patterson's camp is going <laughs> to want to come above that. To me, the two comps that stand out for a negotiation like this on a long-term deal would be, I think your floor is obviously William Nylander at, at $11.5 million. Nylander, his career high is only 87 points, whereas Patterson, he's on pace for a second 100-point campaign. Not to mention Patterson plays a premium position. As a centerman, that's, I think, your floor. And then your ceiling, of course, is McKinnon at 12.6. I, I think we can all agree that McKinnon's right up there as a top three player in the NHL. Don't think Pedersen's quite at his uh, caliber. McKinnon, of course, has the Stanley Cup as well. Uh, we've seen how dominant a year he's having now. That's the range, I think, where we're all waiting to see where exactly does he slot. Is it a number um, with a high 11? Is it in the low 12 range? That's going to be interesting to see. But as much as we're talking about the cap, it to me, what's more significant is the possibility that this could be a long-term extension yeah. in eight years because Pedersen could have easily said, I want to give myself maximum flexibility for my future. I'm going to, let's say, sign a three-year extension so that I'm expiring as a UFA the same, same year that Quinn Hughes is. Yeah. He could have <laughs> just as easily done that. I mean, look at how uh, Matthews has typically played his contracts. Uh, even just now, signed a four-year extension with, uh, with the Leafs in the offseason. Uh, that's massive getting the extra years of term if the Canucks are able to get that with with this Pedersen extension because as we exit this flat cap it's going to continue rising and there are sure there might be some sticker shock for some people if there's a 12 million dollar cap it for instance attached to Pedersen's next deal but keep in mind that star players there's quite a few of them that are coming up soon who are going to continue just driving it higher and that price isn't going to seem as high because you got Dr leon dry settle up at the end of yeah it's gonna be massive connor mcdavid the year after that uh matthews again his cap hit on that four-year extension is 13.25 yeah it's gonna be the highest paid player in the nhl next season so for as high as that number looks right now the future years especially as the cap continues to rise um, that would be massive. I think the only area, the only situation where you'd go, ooh, that's way too high of a cap number is if we were discussing, let's say, north of 12 on a three- or four-year deal. Yeah. Well, and I think the biggest thing is when you look at this is the fact that it is an eight-year deal. If if what's being reported is true and he does end up signing an eight-year extension, harm. but you look at it and you say the reported number, what Frank said, close to $100 million value. Now, I have to ask you, and you look at it, and you look at some of these star players and the way that contracts and the prices have been drived up and the way that they will continue to be. Is Elias Pettersson worth $100 million? Absolutely. Okay. He's 100% worth, um, worth that range. I mean, it's rare to have a centerman in their prime who can put up back-to-back 100-point -back seasons. I mean, you just look at the numbers. I don't have the exact... Mm -hmm exact in front of me right now but i've done it in the past where in previous seasons just look at how many players have had 100 point seasons and then look at who can repeat it the next year because there are a lot of players who can put up 
three digits yeah. in a single season, following it up is really difficult. And to be able to do it on top of being a pretty solid two-way player as Patterson is, that's a rare player type. And I know he's not necessarily playing his best hockey right now, but let's not forget that he was their best player by a pretty considerable margin last year. We know yeah. how dominant he can be. We know he can take over games. And for as much as there are some corners of this market that are concerned with the idea of, oh, will this guy be a playoff performer? Let's not forget that. And I know the bubble playoffs were different, mm-hmm. but Pedersen, Hughes, Miller, all these guys were productive in the first taste of playoff hockey they got. So I don't really buy that as a concern either. Again, on a long-term deal, I absolutely think he's worth that. When you look at it from the Canucks point of view now, they're obviously happy. It's hopefully going to be a long-term deal. That's obviously what they're trying to negotiate right now. But when you look at it and you say, okay, they're able to get this done with days before the deadline, how big is that for Jim Rutherford, Patrick Alvin and their group? If, that, if, it, if in fact it does get done. That cost certainty definitely matters because imagine that you're the Canucks and you're thinking about players that you might want to make outside of, let's say, yeah. depth moves, a, a bigger run at whether it's another top six forward with um, with some term or a rental that you may want to resign, you don't know if you can afford that player next season if you're if you're looking at a scenario where we don't know what Pedersen's going to come in at, we don't know um, if he's going to resign here at all, and that means we're going to have to go out and allocate resources to another centerman. Because imagine there's an opportunity now to get your to get a dream let's say forward or defenseman who maybe isn't even isn't even publicly being discussed as yeah, a isn't even on their, on their radar but we don't know about it exactly yeah. the same way that last year no phil pronick wasn't on anybody's radar no. they went out and acquired him imagine there's that type of opportunity that they love to make and it's going to cost them assets well if you don't know if you have a franchise center lock, locked up next season you might be thinking internally well can we trade these assets what if we need to save these assets to go out and um, and replenish our center depth if uh, Pedersen doesn't resign in the summer. So I think the cost certainty uh, is massive. Also, just from the perspective of now you don't have to be so all in and desperate this year, right? Because if there was uncertainty looming and you're staring at a scenario where you're going to lose a first-line caliber centerman, then you might go, wait, hold on when you're moving a player of the player of that caliber, yeah, you're going to get a lot of value back, but chances are you're going to lose that trade. You might be incentivized to let's just load all in. This is the year we got to make a count. Whereas, yeah, but I still think that they want to like, sure. But at least you're not desperate. Yeah. And you've already made your one big move in Lindholm. So you don't have to is, is my point. Whereas if you thought there's a possibility that Pedersen could walk, could walk or not want to sign in the summer, then you may go, all right, we need to push all our chips into the middle. In my opinion, I'm going to ask you, what what do you think changed? Because uh, in January, Elias Pettersson, he didn't want to talk until the summer. Um, obviously, you know, Frank saying that, you know, there there was an interview with Elliot Friedman where uh, last summer where he said that he was in no rush. And then now it's gotten to the point where just over a week away from the deadline, I think the Canucks and, and his camp were going to talk no matter what, just so you wanted to know from their perspective what his plan was. Now, things might have changed and he might have heard the noise a little bit and wanted to, you know, start negotiating or talk to his agent about talking to the Canucks about maybe, you know, getting something going or get the ball rolling a little bit. But from the Canucks point of view, I think that they were going to have a conversation with him during this week or at some point leading up to the deadline, no matter what. Yeah, and I'm also looking at the timing of when David Poshnok, for example, 
He signed his eight-year extension. He's, of course, also rep by uh, CAA. He signed his extension March 2nd Mm -hmm. of last year, so almost a year today, which, again, was just prior to the deadline. So it is one of those, uh, another timeline, another potential pressure point uh, to try and and get a deal done. And I even mentioned it in the offseason, the way that CAA played the Postnock negotiations, where Boston, back in that summer, really wanted to get a deal done Postnock was in a wait and see mode and Boston proved that, okay, we're still a winning team. Our, our window's still open. And in the meantime, Postnock had another huge year. Yeah. The price for his next contract went up more favorable comparables. And I mean, Boston's now happy that they got their star player, their franchise player locked up long-term and Postnock uh, is obviously happy that he got his uh, big eight year extension. I wonder if this is a similar type of trajectory, a similar type of, uh, uh, playbook and in terms of the willingness to get a deal done now I mean the biggest thing that's changed from the offseason from Patterson and the Canucks perspective is that Vancouver is back at the top of the NHL standing yeah they're looking like um, Stanley Cup contenders and nobody saw that coming in in the summer which matters a lot for franchise players because they're not just thinking about dollars and cents a lot of them are also thinking about legacy they're thinking about I want to win Stanley Cups and that respect factor of you can be a player that is on a team that you rack up a lot of points, but Earth, as I'm sure you know, you don't get that same respect among your peers if you're putting up those numbers, but you're on a team that's not actually winning. And that sort of thing matters to star players. And it certainly does in Patterson's case as well. He he wants to be in a city he can win. Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, those guys, they haven't re- they haven't won. Right, you make it to the conference final, you haven't won a championship. So their names are in there with with those types of players that you know you make all the money, but your team really hasn't had that much success or met much success at all. So there's the knock on that. But for Elias Pettersson, I think that you know he's a guy that's he's a different individual, right? And I think it's it's no secret. You've heard Frank talk about it all week. You've heard other reporters around the National Hockey League as well as here in Vancouver just talk about you know. He's a little bit of a different dude. The way that he thinks, the way that he sees the game, the way that he talks to people, it's a little bit different. Um, what do you make of him wanting to try and get this done now? I do wonder if part of it is just the, is, is the noise as well. Not that it's the entire reason, because as you mentioned, the deadline is a time for deals like this to get done, like Pasternak, uh last year. But if you're trying to win and you want to go into a deep playoff run, is it, great having your name um in rumors every single day of the week do you is that not a distraction and i know and i know the cliche is tune it out try not to pay too much attention to social media but it's really difficult to to do that and uh, i think that has to be a factor rick talk yesterday was mentioning that Elias Pettersson is only human, and that sort of thing must have at least some type of impact on him well especially in today right you can't go and watch you know, TSN or, or Sports Center and not see your name come up and you're this is going to be the richest contract in Vancouver Canucks history when it's all said and done. If it is in fact going to be an eight-year extension, you gotta think that the Canucks are gonna to want to try and get this done sooner than later. I mean, tomorrow is an off day, scheduled practice day. They practice and fly on Saturday, then they're gone. So if by that you look at it and say the deadline for them to maybe get it done and you have a press conference and you do all this and you know you have Elias Pettersson be that cornerstone, that franchise player, and you trot him out and do all that, you might want to try and get it done by tomorrow. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know yeah. the timeline in terms of how quickly they can get this done. I'm just encouraged by, okay, these two sides are discussing and it feels like there's significant progress because there'd be nothing better than for these two sides to get this deal done, have it no longer be a talking point, and then everybody can just focus on this year's success and hopefully going deep in the playoffs. Well, this year's success is obviously based on we'll see what happens, but the, I think that the biggest thing right now is the collective fan base can look at this and say, okay, there was a lot of people that you know thought and people were kind of quietly talking around league circles and saying that there was no chance Elias Pettersson was going to resign here in Vancouver. So I think if you're the fan base and you're the Vancouver Canucks, you look at this and say, okay, we're going to negotiate with our guy and we're going to negotiate for a long-term extension. So that's obviously an interesting one to definitely keep into the back pockets if and when, in fact, this deal is done. But uh, we're going to bring in one of our guests. And, you know, he's someone that played here in Vancouver. He's also played for the Anaheim Ducks, the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Nashville Predators, Colorado Avalanche, Calgary Flames, and Florida Panthers, co-host of the Missing Curfew podcast, your friend and mine, Mr. Shane O'Brien. Obes, how's it going? Fellas, how we doing? Thanks for having me. Uh, your setup looks good. Hopefully I sound good. I haven't broke the computer out in a while, so hopefully I sound uh, nice and clear for you, fellas. You sound and look great. Shane, the talk around the league, and especially in these parts, have been about Elias Pettersson. If you are the general manager of the Vancouver Canucks, what? how much are you paying Elias Pettersson? Oh, that's a, that's a good question. Um you know, probably everything he wants, right? Yeah. I mean, you, you want to lock this guy down. Um, you know, to me, this year, right from the start of training camp, I, I don't know, there was a picture of him where he had kind of a beard and he was in his in his gitch and his, his shoulders looked <laughs> bigger and he, he looked like he had a chest on him and he hadn't shaved for a bit. And I'm like, well, that's just guy, you know, he's, he's looking like he's turned into a man. And he was so young when he came over here that I, I think when these young players come over, we just expect them to – to already grow into their body and be mature. And, and anyways, he looks great. Um, if I'm him though, and, and I've never been in a situation where I'm getting that big of a, of a contract, you want to make a deal that works for the Canucks as well, right? They're, they're, they're heading in the right direction. They're way ahead of what everyone thought they would be. Yeah. You want to get your money, but also think big picture. And I hope he does that. You obviously played here from a player's perspective, how much of the media noise do the players here, especially now that we're in a social media age, uh, how much of an impact do you think that has on players' performance and what they hear and um, their overall uh, sort of presence and, and how they feel about playing the market? Yeah, it's it's a great question. And, you know, I was talking to Updog this week about it. Like, with social media now, it's like it doesn't matter really where you play, right? We saw what happened with Patrick Liney in Columbus where – some guys were doing a podcast and it got online and he, he got wind of it and, and obviously yeah. wasn't happy about what was being said. So I think it, it's not like it used to be even when I played there, when, when, when X was just coming out and there wasn't Instagram yet. And I think there's media attention everywhere. Now I don't think you can hide. doesn't matter if you're playing in Columbus or Van city or Toronto. Now there is more, you know, media guys in, in, in Edmonton and, and Vancouver, Toronto, Canada, Canadian cities. But listen, the media was always great with me when you're winning in Vancouver, there's no better city in the world right now. I guarantee if you ask JT Miller, Pedersen, Besser, when they go out for dinner, when they're going to have a drink, it, life is unbelievable for those guys. So when you win in Van City, the media is great. When you don't play well, you're going to hear about it. And when you're making big bucks or any kind of money in the NHL, I think that comes with the territory. When you look at this market and you know they haven't had a home playoff game in quite some time, Shane. I mean, obviously you've played here and you know the – the way that the team operates and the way this city can galvanize behind the Vancouver Canucks. 
um, from a player's perspective, obviously looking at it, how much fun are these guys having and are about to have going into the playoffs? Galvanize. Nice word, buddy. I, I, like might, have to steal, I might have to steal that one from <laughs> you. I, don't ask me how to spell that, by the way. But uh, no, you know, fella, you're, you're, it's the best time of year in Vancouver, man. My, my two years there, um, when it got to April, you boys know more than anything, right? It stops raining. The sun starts coming out. You can see Kitts Beach over there. It's nice. You know, the Yale Town's buzzing. Harbor Harbor Bay is starting to buzz a little bit. And then you see the flags on the cars around the city and people wearing Canucks jerseys and people leaving the office and throwing their Canucks jersey on. There's no better feeling. I mean, driving to the rink back in the day, uh, it was GM Place back then, and and seeing the Canucks fans out and, and, and knowing you got a home game that night on a Saturday or whatever night it is, it, it's, it's so special. Listen, the barn's starting to rock again. I watch a lot of Canucks games. I don't miss many. My boy Tox is behind the bench. You know, you boys know I love this city. It is so good to see what is going on right now, and it's only going to get better. Uh, and I'll be up there for a game, boys. I'm coming up. I don't know how I'm going to get tickets. Nobody I know there is anymore. Tox doesn't have enough tickets. He's already saying so. Uh, it's going to be unbelievable, and I can't wait to see those white towels buzzing. JT Miller is having a monster season, but has been especially um, dominant since the All-Star break. He's sixth in the league um, for points right now. Do you think he's one of the more underrated stars in the NHL right now? I do. I do. And, uh, you know, I'm not a sensitive guy, but I, I would like some apologies from Vancouver when I, when I was <laughs> all over, when I was all over Bor Horvat and people were like, Oh, you're fat. You idiot. You don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, listen, JT Miller. I knew from day one that this guy had that passion. And a lot of times when things weren't going well, you know, when my boy Greener was there and then Boudreaux came in, I get it. The, the way JT Miller looked at times, he looked like he could be maybe selfish or or, or going over the, the line with his emotions, but you need guys like that. I'm not saying you need a whole team of JT Millers, but especially for that team in Vancouver, you need a guy that brings that energy. I mean, last game against Pittsburgh, boys, he was everywhere. I mean, he on that PK, he was literally everywhere. Uh, you know, Sid and the boys found a way to beat him, but I love JT Miller. I would take him on my team any day of the week. And when that game one starts of the quarterfinals, He's going to be even better, mark my words. He's going to be buzzing. Shane, when you look at this team, obviously they're first in the standings. They're leading their division by an absolute mile. What is one thing that you would want to see if they're able to do to be able to add? Is it one of those, is it a depth defenseman or is it hopefully someone to add to your top six if you can make it work? Yeah, I think every team, listen, you boys know, you can never have have enough depth on your back end come playoff time. I think if they can add a veteran guy, my biggest concern about the Vancouver Canucks fellows, and I'm sitting here, you know, with no Stanley Cup rings myself, is they don't have anybody in there that's been in the fight. And listen, when that puck drops in game one of the quarterfinals, it is different. You, you can only, it's hard to describe unless you play in a Stanley Cup playoff game. It's, it's completely different. I loved it. I thought I was better in playoff games than regular season games. So if they can get some experience, my man, is what I'm saying. I think they need to get some guys that have won. You know, I saw Phil the Thrill with skating in Abbotsford. I don't know what's going on with Phil. Still is. The, Still is. All right. I know I've been in the fat club too, Phil. I know how you're <laughs> feeling, buddy. Get the sa- get the salads in you. But I just think they need some experience uh, up front and on the back end. Overall, you're obviously well-connected around the league. What are, whether it's players, coaches, other sort of national media, what's the perception of Vancouver right now in terms of not just the regular season, because I think everybody can see the standings, but in terms of actually going into the playoffs, do do people view the Canucks as legit cup contenders? It's a great question. Um, I, you got to respect them because of where they are in the standings, right? I think if you went around the league, and this is just some, some guys I, I play with that are scouting 
some guys that are, you know, working for some teams now. Um, experience and playoff, you know, experience is one of the things that I think teams around the league look at Vancouver and say, hey, they don't have guys that have been there before, right? Pedersen, Hughes, never played a playoff game. Thatcher Demko's never played a playoff game. Stuff like that. But listen, Thatcher Demko, the way he's kicking right now, I mean, he is, he's been unbelievable. I, I haven't loved their – and, you know, you, Rick Talk is such a smart guy, boys. And, and, and I've got to know Talk since I've retired, and, and he's such a beauty. But I haven't loved the way that they've played defensively lately after the All-Star break and has crept into their game. Like, they gave up 10 goals against the Minnesota Wild, and I love Billy G, and I love what they're building there. But that's not – you're not playing Connor McDavid and the Edmonton Oilers. To give up 10 to them, I think, was reason for concern. I didn't love their game against Pitt. I think they got to tighten it up defensively. And if they do that, they're, they're as good as anybody. Shane, you're as good as anybody when you get to do this and we can have you on the show. Appreciate the time. Enjoy the rest of the run. And hopefully we'll see you when you uh, make your return to Vancouver. I will. I'll hit you up if I come, buddy. But uh, if anyone's got some tickets for playoffs, let me know. <laughs> All right. Thanks. That's Shane O'Brien from Missing Curfew, a co-host of the Missing Curfew podcast and looking for tickets for Canucks playoff games when he gets down here. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrowcom slash ACAST. That's burrowcom slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. It's time to talk about Park Casino Harm. Park Casino is the official casino resort of the Vancouver Canucks. And Sakaris and Price will be doing a live on location show inside BC Kitchen before the Canucks take on the Colorado Avalanche on March 13th. Come grab a bite, watch Sakaris and Price, and take take home some of the on-site prizes. On the days that Canucks play, you can receive 15% off the game day menu with your game ticket at BC Kitchen. Park is just steps away from Rogers Arena. When you sign up for Encore Rewards, you get a $10 free, free play to use in the Canucks gaming corner. Whether it's game day or just night out with friends, let it be at Park Casino, your place to play. Uh, one of the things I kind of wanted to get back to on what Shane said, it was the depth defenseman. I think that everyone, you know, if you're looking at going into playoffs, as much as you want to add a top six forward, it's a depth defenseman. And especially when you look at the Canucks, they're pro- that's probably a need that they're looking to fill here in the next week. Yeah, I mean, think about when they went to 2011, <laughs> how many injuries they ended up sustaining um, on the blue line. You had a young Chris Tanev yeah. um, having to play in the Stanley Cup final. And you look through some of the options that, that they have. And I think 
through your top six or seven, you feel pretty comfortable. But after that, I do think it's notable, for instance, how long it's been since Mark Friedman has consistently played. I know he played um, one game recently, but it he, he had a long stretch where early it seemed like he was meshing with Ian Cole er, early in the year when he was first acquired. But then since then, Juleson really it really seems like they favor him a lot more and trust him a lot more than they do Friedman. It seems like there's a, a pretty significant drop-off between him and that next year, whether it's Friedman, whether it's Jet Wu. Probably want to add another body, and that's a, that's the sort of thing that shouldn't be too expensive to acquire. I mean, to add a, a depth defenseman, um, somebody that you're not expecting to necessarily play in your top four, it's, what, going to cost you a mid-round pick? Yeah, having said that, the Canucks are, there's a game tonight. After everything that we've talked about, 25 minutes, 26 minutes into this show, you know, getting Shane O'Brien, the Canucks play the LA Kings. The first of a few meetings with the LA Kings here down the stretch. A Kings team that obviously just lost AG, or, uh, Kempe, and he's going to be gone for what seems to be a while. Um, you look at it now, and if you're the Vancouver Canucks, they mixed up their defensive pairings a little bit. You mentioned Noah Juleson's name. What do you expect from him tonight playing with Quinn Hughes? I hope that now that he doesn't have the puck-moving burden on him, that he can just get back to what he's most comfortable with, which is defending, which is stepping up at the blue line in the right situations, uh, boxing out around the net, killing plays defensively on the cycle. That's his bread and butter. That's where he has his most value as, as a defenseman. And I do think, I mean, look, anytime you go from playing on the third pair to now, now all of a sudden you're playing with Quinn Hughes, it makes life a lot easier. Now, as we discuss this game, bigger picture, I think this is an important game yeah. for the Canucks to sort of set the tone and tempo because these teams are going to play each other a lot down the stretch, especially because this could be a potential first round matchup. You end up um, you end up playing the Kings if you finish if you finish tops in the Pacific Division, and uh, the Kings are a wild card team. You also play LA next week, especially because now that they're banged up without Kempe, and yeah. I believe last game they didn't have Mikey Anderson on the top pair. Um, it's it's not the full LA Kings that we're used to. Not to mention, they've been pretty inconsistent as of, as of late. They've lost three of their last four games, but they won four straight before that. They're adjusting to a new to a new coach. If you can just get in their head psychologically, and over these next couple of meetings um, that you're going to play them um, tonight and then next Tuesday, I believe, if you can really make a statement that we're legit, we're contenders, we're we're better than you, then I think that matters a lot considering you could end up playing them in the playoffs. Yeah, it could be a mini potential playoff series in the regular season before maybe meeting them in the playoffs. So 11 games it could be here against the LA Kings in the next little while. But Vancouver is playing LA tonight, Harm. We want to know who's going to score the first goal for Vancouver. And if you nail it, you could win a $25 gift card to the Four Winds Tap Room located at 72nd and River Road in Delta. Enter by following us on social media. Keep an eye out for today's show clip and comment who you think will light the lamp and score the first goal tonight. Winners will be contacted directly. Check us out at Canucks Army or at Canucks Convo on Twitter, at CanucksArmy.com on Instagram and Canucks Army on Facebook. And make sure you ask about Four Winds Light Lager at your local liquor store or have someone delivered to your front door through the online shop at fourwindsbrewing.ca. Should be an exciting night tonight, I think, uh, if you're the Vancouver Canucks defense. It's a divisional matchup. Who do you got lighting the lamp? I'm feeling Elias Pettersson. Good vibes <laughs> with uh, the progress uh, reportedly on an extension. Um, good vibes. I'm rolling with PD. Yeah. 
I mean, we're going to get to my Betway bet of the day at the end of the show, but I'm probably going to be trending towards that direction um, of Elias Pedersen. These two teams, when you look at them on paper, how do you view them matching up together? So LA's biggest strength at this point is how well they defend, right? They're the best PK in the NHL. Uh, They're one of the best teams in the NHL in terms of goals against, even though they haven't had... um, it's not like they have a marquee goaltender like uh, Demko. And in that sense, they are trying to almost emulate the Vegas model, yeah. right? Where it's like, we defend so well as both a forward group and defensive unit that we're just going to make life, life easy for our goalies. And we're, we're going to bank on Cam Talbot being our Aiden Hill. That's, that's really the uh, idea with the Kings there. But with Kempe out, man, they lack dynamic goal scoring, especially at the top of the lineup. They don't have the same level of star power that the Canucks do. That's where they have, I think, a pretty decisive advantage where they don't really have an answer for Elias Pettersson. They don't really have an answer for a JT Miller uh, or a Quinn Hughes, uh, even to a lesser extent a Brock Besser. The Kings don't have a player that's a point per game. Yeah, Think about that. With how much scoring has boomed to not have a player that's on pace for an 80-point season, that... um, that tells you something. I mean, the big problem for them is Pierre-Luc Dubois has not been the player I, that they thought they were. Well, I was just about to ask you about that. They paid a premium to get PLD and then paid him a lot of money to stay an LA King. What have you made of his kind of transition towards the Kings and, and, and now with them? It's been a flop. As yeah. quads would say, quads would say he's a fraud completely. <laughs> but I mean, the whole idea from LA's perspective was, okay, they have a deep forward group in the sense that they're pretty balanced throughout the lineup. And when you're moving, let's say I follow Kupari and Velarde, the idea was, okay, can you trade three decent players, especially in the case of I follow and Velarde? Can you, can you sort of exchange three decent players for one, like true difference maker, one player that can really make a huge difference in a playoff series. Dubois has not been close to being a top line caliber producer he's pointless and pointless in his last four games and until he gets going it's a problem that they're gonna have to deal with now one player that i'm really curious to watch tonight from a, from the king's perspective and this matters not just for this season but beyond this year is quinton byfield yeah because beast I, I watched him last year and that's when he was first starting to play on the wing of that top line with kopitar and even though he wasn't producing a lot last season I remember watching him in that Canucks game and going, boy, he's improved a lot. The speed, how he was handling the puck, his creativity off the rush. And he's broken out this year. He's got 44 points in 56 games. And the biggest thing here is still only 21 years old. So there's considerable upside there. And as we have this have this discussion that, okay, LA lacks stars. Well, Byfield is probably their best bet at developing a star. Maybe not this season, but maybe a playoff breakout or whether it's over the next couple of years, I'm curious to see how much how much progress Byfield's made and, and how dangerous he looks uh, against the Canucks because right now I look at the top of Vancouver's lineup and for as stingy as LA is defensively and they probably have an edge in a lot of defensive yeah. metrics, um, the Canucks' offensive firepower is just something that LA can't match right now. Yeah, I mean, the Kings of Fiala's been having a good year. Canucks get Cam Talbot tonight to go up against Thatcher Demko. Uh, night two I guess of the balanced power play units uh how quickly before I know they scored last game how quickly before do you think Rick Tockett decides to change and and load up again 
Good question. I, I don't know the answer to that. I mean, considering yeah. they scored, probably going to give it at least a couple of games. It's this is going to be a tough test because LA's PK yeah. is lethal, elite. So I am like going back to that Pittsburgh game. I felt like the Miller power play unit had some looks even outside of uh, the Besser bumper power play goal they scored. But the Pedersen unit seemed like they were struggling to just look dangerous, right? Not even, not even in terms of finding the back of the net, but I, I didn't love the, the way they were necessarily moving the puck around the zone. And of course, part of it is, okay, you're making huge changes. You're introducing new players. Archie Baines was on that unit. Does it take you a while to gel? Does it take you a while to read off of each other's tendencies to understand what types of plays you're looking for? Probably. Uh, now they've also had some practice time this week. That's something that, as we discussed, this power play struggle since the All-Star break, they barely had any practice time. Yeah. And I think from a coaching staff's, staff's perspective, they're really going to value not just being able to show, okay, in power play meetings on video, this is what we're doing wrong and this is what we want to do, but now that they've had some morning skates, now that they've, now that they've had some practices, um, you're hoping that that can maybe um, help them implement the changes that they're looking to make. Yeah, obviously getting that time to work with the Twins and, and Rick Talkett and them being on the ice to be able to do all that. You hope that you're able to maybe see some differences or at least the two different power play units be aligned. Time for one of our favorite segments here where you get to read the, or do what you get to do the ad read for. Yeah, I get to butcher it. Yeah. It's time for anyone else <laughs> presented by DoorDash. It's our listener's chance to get involved and hit us up in the YouTube live chat. And it's also our listener's chance to get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when they download the DoorDash app and enter code NATION25, offer valid in Canada, subject to change, terms apply. With Double Dash and DoorDash, you can order from multiple restaurants or stores in the same delivery without additional delivery fees so everyone can get what they want and need. Someone tweeted me. It's actually pretty funny. Just curious why the assumption is that PD is worth $4 million more than JT Miller. This is just how <laughs> contract comparables work. I get it, right? Yeah. If, you're, if you're not too well-versed into contract comparables, the economics of how players are paid, it's easy to just, if you're somebody that just watches the games, to go, well, JT Miller's been their best forward this year. He makes $8 million. Why does um, Pedersen get $4 million more than that, potentially? Yeah. I get it, but that's not how this works. PD's signing through his prime years. He's got a different set of comparables. Uh, when Miller signed, his closest comparable was probably in and around the range of maybe Mika Zabinijad, who yeah. was around eight and a half. Uh, or certainly he would have been... Miller's statistical case was at a premium relative to Hurdle, but the age makes a difference. Um, the statistical comparables are really what drive these negotiations. And um, and Pedersen's going to be worth $12 million if that's what he signs for on a long-term deal. Yeah, and I think all signs are pointing in that direction, so we'll just have to wait and see. And we know that the two sides have been talking. And again, it's just it's just a wait and see until they, got, they get it done. And Pedersen signs on the dotted line. A few questions here coming into us. Marcus says, over under Lecker Mackey making the team next year with all these big contracts, they got to fill out the team with some entry levels, you would think. Yeah, this is a moving target because you have, yeah. if you asked me this question, let's say three or four months ago, I would have thought that there's almost no chance that Lecker Mackey makes the team out of uh, camp just because he's going to have the adjustment of North American ice. He probably needs to put some weight on. And with the way Rick Tockett wants the Canucks to play this up-tempo forechecking style, 
there's a steep learning curve when it uh, comes to those details. We've certainly seen that with um, with Nils Hoagland, for example, how not just on talking necessarily, but it took him time to earn the trust of first he was in Boudreaux's doghouse yeah. uh, and then spending some time in the AHL last, last season was huge for him taking a step this year. But the Karamaki is developing at such a quick pace at this point i mean we saw the lacrosse goal that uh we have that was going viral yeah uh, courtesy dave hall he's developing so quickly that you can't rule it out i mean i still think it's more likely that he starts next season in um in abbotsford but could it be a scenario where he does what hoaglander did in 2021 the short and 56 game season when where he breaks into camp as a surprise and as a long shot makes it if he has a dominant camp in preseason, gets a look. Um, I don't think it's out, um, out of the world. I don't think it's an insane hypothetical. But I also think making the team next year, even with some of the players that the Canucks could lose because yeah. of cap reasons, it's going to be much harder than Hoaglander's situation because Hoaglander that year, all he had to do was beat out Louis Erickson and Jake Vertanen for top six. Yeah, it wasn't that hard. Think about how different the roster yeah. is going to be next season. And if you're Rick Tockett, the expectations are different. You're not in the in a development mode as a team. You're in a where contending for a Stanley Cup. Do you have time for the inevitable growing pains for a rookie who'd be figuring the NHL out? So I still lean towards him probably spending more time in Abbotsford than in Vancouver next season. But he's having such a remarkable year that I I wouldn't be shocked if he somehow ends up playing NHL games next year. Yeah, I mean, you just saw that goal. It was the confidence. And I think the quote after was, I was just testing it, glad it worked on the lacrosse goal. So pretty legit, pretty confident young kid. Obviously, he had a ridiculous World Juniors. We've already shown a highlight once this week, and we, we're showing it again here today of just his pure skill and, and I guess confidence as well. What unorthodox Canuck, this is from Jeremy Lee, in development should we not sleep on maybe not lacrimaki but 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 maybe someone else just quickly guys we want to make sure we credit uh sport live to direct out of sweden uh for that video there perfect thanks grady one sec i want to look at the list here to see who i keep coming back to elias Pettersson, the defenseman i mean that's the first name that popped in my mind and as i was sort of looking through the prospect pipeline names, I, I still keep coming back to him. Maybe it could as well. Um, he is a left shot defenseman that can play the right side as well. Um, had a pretty good year um, in the OHL last year. And when I've seen him just in Penticton or in the early parts of training camp, Kudryatsev has stood out in terms of his intelligence, puck moving. He's maybe an under the radar name that I like, but uh, watching the other Elias Pettersson at world juniors, for example, you can see, between his size, his reach, the uh, backwards mobility he has, the defensive prowess, that you can see the pathway there. Not that it's going to happen immediately. It will take some time for him to maybe be uh, a depth defenseman one day down the road for your NHL team, which obviously isn't the highest ceiling, but considering he was a third-round pick, would be terrific uh, terrific value. And he has a little bit of that throwback style to him where he is going to be physical. He is going to be mean. He is going to get into uh, people's faces and so i like him when you look further down the um further past the the top you know big three when you look at like karamaki uh willander and actually who's the other one 
would you consider Ratu in that? Ratu's probably not Ratu's quite in that probably tier. not that tier, yeah. But the big two then, yeah. after the big two of Will Ander and LeCaramacchi, uh, Pedersen stands out to me. Yeah. You know what was the great part about this is that you did the anyone else. You know, Adri, now I get to do the prospect roundup because we did it both. We combined them. So prospect roundup, a pre- presentation of our friends at Four Winds Brewing, family-owned and operated in Delta, home to the Four Winds Light Lager, crisp, clean, and easy drinking beer. Beer for everyone. A perfect beer before, after, or during the game. Ask for Four Winds Light Lager at your lo- local liquor store. Try saying that five times fast. Or have some delivered right to your door through the online shop at fourwindsbrewing.ca. There's a couple more people that have been, you know, flooding our inbox here wanting to talk about some stuff. Uh, where do we think Noah Hannafin is heading, Harm? First of all, before I sort of rack my brain, do you have any initial thoughts? I know you're often connected with this sort of stuff. Noah Hannafin? Yeah. Well, in free agency, I think he might be going home to Boston. Yeah. Like, I think that's, that's, if it gets there, I think he might, I think he's going to go home to Boston. But before that, I mean, the, the Dallas Stars went and got their defenseman. Yeah. You're going to have to pay a premium for the Calgary Flames. The Calgary Flames did just come out today, or sorry, the report is that they're keeping Markstrom. So yeah. is Hannafin going to stay? Are they going to try going to make a run for the playoffs here? We'll have to wait and see. Yeah. With Hannafin, I mean, Tampa makes sense as a, as a fit. Hockey wise, and I know there's been a lot of buzz around the idea that would he be he'd be open to potentially signing an extension yeah. for a team like Tampa Bay. But the problem I see with the Lightning are they're just short on assets. Like they don't have a first round pick until 2026. So to me, especially if you're a team that's at the tail end of its window, Steven Stamkos, even though his point totals are great, just can't drive top six play the way he used to. Who knows if Sergeyev is even going to be ready for the playoffs. If I was in Tampa shoes, I don't know if I'd be prepared to give up the assets. Not to mention you'd have to think about, can you even afford a long-term extension for him beyond the season? What other pieces would you have to move out considering they already have such a shortage of quality depth pieces that can, can you dole out the cash for another player at, uh, at the top of uh, the lineup? I, I do go back to the Boston fit is one that makes sense, especially in free agency. They can easily let go of uh, Matt Krizlik. And at yeah. that point, Hannafin Lindholm is a one-two punch on the left side of your defense would look pretty nice. Frank also reported today on the DFO rundown that Florida is another option. So, you know, keying in on perhaps that Florida state tax with one of Tampa or Florida, but we always know that they're right up against the cap. We saw last year that they had to go, a roster sh- uh, player short, but uh, yeah, never really doubt NHL GM's uh, ability to maneuver some uh, money around to bring in a big fish target. Yeah, Bill Zito, right? He's one move away from maybe being potentially back to the Stanley Cup final. I mean, they were yeah. there last year, so you definitely know that he's going to be aggressive. He's going to try and do something. Of reports that you know Gensel might be a player that they're interested in as well. So they also have a lot of expiring contracts, yeah. so they can yeah. make it, especially on the blue line. Forsling, who's been a stud for them on the top pair, is a UFA. I believe Brandon Montour is a UFA. So they've got some pieces that they could let one of those guys go and afford to re-sign Noah Hannafin if they wanted to. They've got they've got roster spots and money to play with when it comes to structuring their blue line beyond the season. Yeah, and I think that you know they're they're a team as well. Like you look at it and say, are they? when they really do go down and get to the nitty gritty here, are they going to be able to afford a guy like Sam Reinhardt? Like he's going to get paid again. Yeah. Like he, all he does is score. All he's ever do, done is score in the national hockey league. So he's a guy that's going to 
obviously go get his bag. Speaking of players getting their money, he's definitely one as well. Um, another another uh, question here. In terms of value, would you rather have Miller at his contract or PLD at 50%? In, and in brackets, we have to say this in brackets, major Miller supporter here. Miller all day, no? Yeah, I, I think yeah. it's not even a question. Well, the how much the, think of how much of a step back you'd take this season in terms of your cup contention odds. Yeah, uh, even though POD at fifty percent retained would be a hell of a contract, but just just looking up his um his production this year, twenty six points in fifty eight games. Yeah. like that is rough, and he's spent a lot of time in that fourth line too. I'm sure he'll bounce back at some point, but also from like a culture standpoint. I don't know what you've potentially heard, but just talking to other teams, they don't hold PLD's work ethic in particularly high regard. Well, there's a reason he's been on a few teams already. Yeah. And I think that when you see that around the National Hockey League, that was a knock on, not even gonna lie, that was a knock on JT Miller, right? He's been on a few he's been on a few teams now. And that would there was something there. Obviously, he's admitted to it early in his career. He struggled with being a professional, things like that. And the unfortunate part is that carries goes with you for a long time. I think JT Miller obviously has since, you know, been able to rebuild his reputation in the National Hockey League and become a star in this league and obviously an all-star. But for PLD, that's going to go with you. And now you have this massive contract that's going to hold over your head forever. Well, here's the thing. Before this season, I at least had some level of leeway for him because yeah. I'm thinking to myself, okay, Columbus, that's not the best place to necessarily play and neither is winnipeg it's your right as an rfa to say hey hey, i don't want to sign a long-term deal in winnipeg but now you got the destination you wanted in sunny la he was raving about how beautiful it is (laughs) in los angeles in california he's got everything he's wanted in terms of lifestyle he's got everything he's wanted in terms of his contract well then where are the results where's not even just the point production where's the for not putting up the numbers, at least are you noticeable on a night-to-night basis? And and that's the problem with PLD is he goes on these stretches where he'll become invisible. And, and I'm not going to lie, before this season, I was still I was still a believer that, okay, I think he could figure it out. If he, gets every, if he gets what he wants, fresh start, he's happier. We've seen him have flashes where he can be a dominant player. I was like, okay, maybe he'll figure it out. I was holding out hope, but... Yeah. Um, just a massive flop, a massive disappointment. Yeah, so he had far. back-to-back sixty-point seasons, and going into LA, like they have that offensive insulation, even though it always seems like they're kind of playing clamp-down defensive hockey. So, yeah, that's uh, that's going to be a tough contract. I mean, it already is this year, and maybe when Kopitar is out of the picture, he kind of gets elevated. But they're pretty loaded down the middle too, with with Deneau and uh, and Byfield. I know he's kind of shifted around the lineup a bit, but, uh, and then you look in Winnipeg, like Velarde, I follow and Kapari, especially they're ripping it up. Velarde has been amazing on that top line. So there's a reason why the jets, where they are, are are where they are right now in the standings. But yeah, no, it's an interesting one. The PLD thing is never going to get old because it's the contract, right? No matter where you go, that contract's going to go with you. And then your reputation there, if you're not a star player, you mentioned the 60 point seasons, but LA is probably expecting him to be an 80, 90 point guy right year in and year out. They also need him once Kopitar inevitably starts to slow down. Yeah, They need somebody to step up. And that's one of the underrated sort of factors of, yes, LA's come back up uh, out of their quick little rebuild, retool, whatever you want to call it. But 
they're still at the top of the lineup being heavily carried by the old guard from the 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 2010s right kopitar is still their top line center drew doughty is still minutes yeah averages like 26 minutes a night he's still their number one defenseman so at some point and i know in the back end they're in a pretty good situation where they've got brent clark coming and you expect him to one day take over as the top pair sort of fixture and anchor but they've had they've had a lot of draft picks they sold off a lot when you think of what what they were doing when they sold off Alec Martinez back in 2020, Jake Muzzin. But they haven't had that sort of next wave of actual stars come through. And that's going to be the biggest challenge for them is as Kopitar and Doughty slow down in future years, do you have that next uh, next wave coming? Do you yeah. think they'll regret trading Brock Favor for Fiala? Ooh. I mean, Fiala's been Fiala's been solid. Good. solid. But man, Favor, like you look what he's doing with Minnesota this year. Like there's... There's talk he should be for in the in the Calder against Ball, uh, Connor Bedard. So you also have to wonder. But they were loaded, like they have Jordan Spence too, right? And Doughty's still there, and Matt Roy. So it was an embarrassment of riches at the most premium position in the league. Well, well that's what I was going to say. Is if you're Brock Faber and you're an NCAA got you know draft pick, those guys have more leverage in terms of when they want to sign. And if you're Brock Faber and you look at that right side, and don't even don't even uh, forget that last year they had Sean Dursey there as well. That right side is absolutely loaded. You're probably thinking, how am I going to play NHL minutes? How am I going get, to get an opportunity? So um, not that I know this, but I wonder if part of the logic of dealing Faber in that Fiala deal was, can we even sign this guy? Is he going yeah. to want to play here? Well, I think that that's the biggest thing. And Fiala, I think he wanted to get out of Minnesota and you knew he ended up, he ended up going to LA and signing an extension there. Uh, back to the game tonight, Elias Pettersson. Harm is looking to become the fifth player in Canucks history to record three straight 30 goal seasons at 25 or younger. You know where I'm going with my Betway bet of the day. Yeah, you, you know, you 100% know exactly where I'm going. It's time for our Betway bet of the day brought to you by Betway. Canucks to win on the money line and Elias Pettersson. Yes, his name has been all over social media platforms and all over NHL talk shows in North America. Canucks to win on the money line. Elias Pettersson to score a goal or score a point. Sorry, that's plus 125. You must be 19 plus to play. If you choose to play, please play responsibly. Um, It's quite funny when players' names are brought up in trade rumors or contract negotiations or things like that. Remember Connor Garland before the season started and then he went and had his little bit of a tear? You got to think Elias Pettersson is going to come to play tonight. I think he likes playing against the LA Kings. Um, at home Thursday night before they go on the road. Then his name's been out there. He knows exactly what's going on. I think he has a big night. It'd be awesome for the narrative as well if yeah. he has a if he has a big night and soon uh, we're able to in this market celebrate hopefully a long term extension. That w- there would be nothing better than that leading up to the deadline and uh, into the stretch drive. Yeah, no, it's going to be an interesting. Who do you when you look at tonight? I mean, there's been so many players that for the Vancouver Canucks that need to have more. Who are you looking for? start to have a big night tonight i've given up on Ilya mikhaev i was about to say that so i i give up i when he scores he'll score maybe (laughs) it's this year maybe it's next year maybe it's never yeah i've given up because here's the thing too he'll get his quality chance he'll get his one high danger where somebody sets him up either for a breakaway or in the slot in the pittsburgh game and you just know the puck is headed straight for the goalie's crest yeah it's it it seems like it's his favorite spot to shoot and you and you feel bad for the guy right because Sometimes it's even worse when you get 
those chances and then it kills your confidence that okay man even when i'm getting the absolute perfect grade a chances that i can't even bury those that yeah. that's got to start weighing on your confidence uh so outside of him i'd look to just that third line as a whole uh, i think they were really disappointing in in the pittsburgh game i i want to see more out of elias lindholm Connor garland has been pretty consistent this year but since josh was ha, has gone down i think the work ethic has still been there he still has usually disruptive self but uh, he hasn't i think been creating the same level of offense so i'd like to see a little bit more uh, out of um him as well so i look at that third line just as a whole as hopefully they can give uh, the canucks a bit of a spark and that it's not all on the top six to deliver offense yeah hopefully they don't get killed again on the fancy stats when you look at it because they were not very good against the pittsburgh penguin grady anyone you're keeping an eye on tonight yeah i was gonna go with lindholm i think we're getting kind of over that grace period now of where he's on a new team new yep. systems new line mate well he's, he has new line mates now um but but not even at even strength too like on the power play and i know they've shifted up uh those power play units but uh we got a little bit of breaking news here from Elliot Freeman and it's not a major update but he says according to multiple sources the Vancouver Canucks and Carolina Hurricanes had discussions about Elias Pettersson that advanced to a stage where both the Canucks and the player needed to make a serious decision about where their relationship was headed so interesting that that's now coming out um Freege also followed that up said the Canucks ultimately decider decided in favor of another attempt at extending Pedersen and he facing the possibility Vancouver could move him, allowed agents Pat Brisson and JP Barry to resume negotiations. And no extension is complete at this time, but there's certainly momentum in that direction as daily face-offs Frank Cervelli reported. Should it be completed, it will allow the Canucks a very clear picture of where their future cap situation is heading into next week's trade deadline. Yep. Well, I mean, that doesn't surprise me when Elliot said on Saturday that teams were calling. Um, it's no secret the Carolina Hurricanes were a team that was definitely interested in the services of Elias Pettersson. Um, whether there was an actual offer made or or what have you, that obviously remains to be seen and we'll not really know what's going to happen there. But uh, they did their due diligence. Tom Dundon's a guy that, and if they were willing to pay, if it even got there, they were willing to pay Elias Pettersson. That's an interesting one. But Maybe that's one of the reasons or another reason why the Canucks decided to force or decided to start talking to Elias Pettersson again about like what Elliot just said, where, where the relationship was headed. Yeah. And from Carolina's perspective, they've been searching for yeah. that next level star beyond just Sebastian Ajo and on the back end, Jacob Slavin to, to really move the needle, a type of guy that can put up hundred points a year. So it's no surprise that they would look at, be sniffing around see, seeing if there's an opportunity and from vancouver's perspective you're obviously never going to win an elias Patterson trade with uh the carolina hurricanes i mean no i can imagine for instance i, I don't even know if they had talking yemi let's start with their Nietzsche. Well, i mean Nietzsche pro- yeah. would have probably yeah. been like he's a pending rfa he's he put up 71 points last year 42 points in 54 games this year he was drafted as a center but has primarily played wing but because he's primarily played wing that still wouldn't have been that attractive. Uh, So it it makes sense that when teams are sniffing around that the Canucks feel, I mean, all along they would have felt strong motivation that, Hey, we want to get this done to create some clarity and certainty around not only the cap situation, but just the franchise as a, as a whole 
um, down the stretch and obviously impacting beyond the season as well. It's hard to win those trades when you're trading the best player, you know, in the whole package. Um, would have Brett Pesci had have been there, Jack Drury. Yeah, those are nice pieces, but nobody has the potential that Elias Pettersson has. No, and that's exactly why we're going to go back to to end the show the way we started. The Canucks and Elias Pettersson are in contract negotiations. Uh, we'll definitely see where it goes. By this time tomorrow, Harm, uh, we could be talking about an extension for Elias Pettersson, so we'll see. But it's the Canucks and the Kings tonight from Rogers Arena, and this was Canucks Conversation. Canucks Conversation with Harmon and Quads brought to you by the Toyota BZ4X. The BZ4X's fresh look is just an added bonus to its range since you can drive up to 406 kilometers on a single charge. That's enough to get you from Kitsilano to Whistler or Kamloops to Kelowna and back and still be home in time for the game. Now that's what we'd call electric. The best part, by choosing electric, you can get up to $11,000 in rebates and incentives the BZ4X are in stock and selling quickly, so make sure to visit shoptoyota.ca or your local Pacific Toyota dealer to get your hands on one. Canucks Conversation is live Monday through Friday, every weekday at 2 p.m. over on the Canucks Army YouTube channel. Make sure you like, subscribe, and interact in the YouTube live chat every day with us, folks. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash Upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 